everybody. Welcome to the Woods, Water, and Mizzou podcast. This is our first episode here. I'll be your host, Skeeter. And joining me tonight, we have Case. Hello. And Cole. Howdy. We are a fan's viewpoint, opinion-based podcast. Uh, we will talk about Mizzou. We'll incorporate the outdoors and our love and passion for both and intertwine them together for one podcast. So, Case, tell me a little bit about you, uh, your Mizzou fandom. When did it start? Just how big of a diehard are you? Yeah, so my Mizzou fandom started back in 2006. Um, my uh, my dad took me out to the Mizzou K-State game, big rain game. I think we'd finally beaten them for the first time in so many games. We destroyed them. Um, it was my first ever college football game, first time checking out Mizzou, and absolutely loved it. And from then on, that was uh, that was my dad and I's big uh, bonding thing. Every Saturday, watch every Mizzou game together. Obviously, we got pretty good after that, and it was pretty easy to fall in love with them. And luckily, that love has uh, carried me through now to the, the highs and lows that we are now in 2022. <laughs> I'm very jealous of coming in during that period, but also uh, you missed out on the Brad Smith years. Yeah, yeah, uh, I've got a Brad Smith jersey. My dad bought me one of those after I got into it. Uh, it's like highlights. I've seen all the highlights. It was right, right after it, right after that era. Same four. Uh, Cole, what about you? Well, it started from um, just about as long as I can remember. Um, I've been in and around Ben Missouri almost my entire life, um, and you know, ever since Dad's a Mizzou grad, uh, my brother. So, you know, Columbia, Missouri, the Tigers are, you know, in my blood through, you know, the good and the bad. Um, I, I do remember some of the Brad Smith years. I am, you know, younger, but I do remember the Brad Smith years. Um, but then really the game, I think that I was like, holy smokes, you know, this is this is the team I want to be a fan of. Uh, I went to the 07 border war where, uh, where Mizzou played oh, wow. KU, number two, number four, so. Yeah, it was a cold game, but holy cow, I will never, ever forget that game. I still got my ticket stub. I still got the T-shirt for it. Um, and, yeah, ever since then, it's just been all around the world, wherever I've been, um, always just keeping track of the Tigers. Me, me myself, uh, I was born and raised southwest Missouri, first 20 years of my life. Uh, dad, uh, you know, back in the, in the 90s, I'm a little bit older than these guys, not a lot older, but uh, back in the 90s, every game wasn't on TV. Uh, as a matter of fact, wasn't very many Mizzou games I recall watching on TV other than the Nebraskas uh, really stick out in mind. Uh, Colorado fifth down game, I remember bits and pieces of it, uh, more just dad's anger. But <laughs> what, what, really, what really soaked my love for Mizzou is listening to Mike Kelly on the radio. Uh, dude's a walking legend in my book. Yeah, uh, I'll second that. His his voice is iconic. His, you know, ad libs or you know go to sayings. Those are just they're iconic. So I, I I'll definitely agree with you on that one. That to the house he does. Yep. You know, yep. like oh definitely. my god, it gives me goosebumps just talking about it. <laughs> uh, then I moved in '07. Uh, I felt my mom and her family were. Louisiana and I kind of went down there seven weeks a year and didn't really know any of them. So I moved to Louisiana in 07 and 
2020, we, me and my wife and family, we decided to enough of the Cajun country and move a little bit further back north. So now I am in the river valley of a uh, lovely state of Arkansas. Arkansas. So now yeah, you're, you're admit that, but okay. yeah, I get, <laughs> we'll keep on with I'm that. Smack dab of hog country and a lot of boomer sooner. Oof. Um, I got one thing I want to ask on this. If we're going to uh, introduce ourselves, do you guys want to go over um, on the hunting portion what our uh, our favorite hunts are, where we hunt, and fishing, what kind of stuff you guys oh, are into? Absolutely. Cool. Take it away, Cole. Oh, okay. Um, well, just like uh, just like my loyalty to the Tigers, it goes back, you know, hunting and fishing goes back as far as I can remember. Um, I mentioned Dad's a Mizzou grad. Um, I want to say he graduated in 01 from Mizzou uh, with a degree in fisheries biology. Um, so fishing was always a big part of, you know, what we did growing up. Um, but as much as I love fishing, I think I love hunting even more. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, wild turkey here in Missouri, um, whitetails. We've been very fortunate. Um, I got family out in the southwestern part of the United States, out in Arizona, New Mexico. Um, we've been fortunate enough to go to West Texas and eastern New Mexico to hunt uh, antelope. Um, done some exotic hunts in West Texas. And then actually in January, late January 2023, um, I think we're planning on going out to New Mexico to do an elk hunt. So. Oh, that's cool, man. I'm jealous. Yeah, that's awesome. We're uh, it's it's a bucket list trip of mine. It'll be a cow only tag, but still, nonetheless, I mean, elk meat. If you've ever had it, you know it's about as good as it gets. Next to to Axis, in my opinion. But for just um, throwing this out there, Arkansas does have an elk season. They do, and Missouri does as well. Um, okay. It opens 2020, I believe, but it's a draw only tag. That's how around. we are here. There's there's two counties that you can hunt and it's on that Missouri line, but yeah. our two counties are on your line as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or so a couple counties. There it is. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that pretty much is, that pretty much wraps it up for, you know, it's just been in my blood for as long as I can remember. I did a, uh, I did a six year stint active duty military um, where that was kind of taken away from me for a little bit. Uh, my own account, of course, was voluntarily joined. Um, but man, when I got back to mid Missouri, um, you can even ask my wife this. It's like I was trying to make up for lost time. I mean, just anything and everything I could do outdoors, fishing, frog gigging, hunting, small game. I mean, it didn't matter. I was just trying to make up for lost time of those, you know, six years that I was gone. So I'm back home. I'm back in my element. I'm um, actually after uh, after tonight. I'm getting up and going to go sit in the stand for the first time for this archery season. So following this uh, this cold front that's rolling in overnight. So yeah, now's the time. That's right. What about you, Case? All right. So I'm a, uh, I've, you know, grew up, everyone grew up fishing. I did all that as a kid. Uh, I got into the game a little bit later. Um, I grew up in uh, Northwest Missouri on a cattle farm, and that's all my family really did. Then I met my, uh, my now wife when I was a freshman in college, and I started hanging out with her family. And her dad is like one, maybe one of the best hunters I've, I've ever met. He really got me into it and showed me a lot of the ropes. Um, I'm big into I'm big into turkey and deer. That's my I mostly uh, spend all my time on. Uh, again, super blessed. He's got he's got tons of family acreage uh, in the Platte County part of Missouri, and I've got acreage in uh, Northern Clay County. Um, so we got really lucky with that. And um, 
yeah, I help with my father-in-law quite a bit. That's been really what got me into it and who I spend most of my time out there with. Um, really excited to get my daughter into it. She's getting old enough. I can probably bring her into a blind here in the next year or so. Um, do everything, archery, uh, rifle. I'm hopefully get out to get out with the bow this Sunday. Got a lot of family stuff in the way of that. Um, and I even started doing, I did a little fly fishing this summer. Started, I took that on. So I've been doing some trout. I went out to Colorado for that and I'm probably going to head down, um, what is that down in Southern Missouri where they do the, the hatchery at? Roaring River. Runner is one of them. There's, there's Rock Bridge. Yeah, maybe Rock Bridge. I know one of those. I got a buddy that goes down there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start doing a lot of that this year. I do a lot of fly fishing. I really enjoyed that. But uh, yeah, spend way too much time out in the woods with turkey and deer. I enough to make my wife mad at me. Um, I guess <laughs> nonsense. Yeah, if, nonsense. You're, if you're not if you're not pushing that <laughs> limit, you're not you're not trying, right? <laughs> That's um, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, big turkey, deer, and started getting a trout. But I love it, man. It's it's since I kind of discovered it around the time I was 18, that's all I really, that's what I focus on. Um, and I'll say something that's kind of funny to me. I thought you guys might find it interesting. Uh, every time in the zoo, you know, like that K-State game, we just actually get housed by someone. My brain always wants to like rationalize things. And it'll say stuff like, well, if Mizzou gets housed now, maybe we have good luck in deer season. Like, my friends, <laughs> like you're, tra- you're trading luck here now in this game for later. I'm like, okay. And like, that's how my brain tries to rationalize things like that. <laughs> well, being, being Mizzou fans, uh, I just feel like we're eternal optimistics. Well, there's some in the fan base that's the eternal pessimistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Always seems to find the negative or look for a negative twist on it, it seems. Uh, now, the first loss of the year, I'm always – I have a 24-hour rule of the world's coming to an end. We suck, bench everybody, fire the coach, you know, <laughs> get that out of my system yep. and then and then settle down, you know, uh, think, think about the loss, ways we beat ourselves, which seems to be quite often in Mizzou history. We had, we had chances to win games, and it seems like – we stepped on our feet too many times. It wasn't so much we got beat. Uh, it was more we beat ourselves. So uh, trying to find that positive light from football and turn it into a positive on hunting, I completely understand that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As far as the trout fishing, uh, might I suggest just one time setting the fly rod down, get you an ultralight and a two-pound test, in like a, a maybe 16th ounce jig and get get you a fight with them. I, you might even, it might be a one pound, you know, little fry or something that they just released out of the hatchery the night before, but you'll, there's so much fun with that right there. Just so, trying not to break your line, setting your drag right. What's, uh, what's kind of funny is um, this is, you know, f- wild things in my life here my wife's best friend uh, her and her husband randomly decided to they lived in uh on the kansas side of kc they decided to sell their house over there in the nexa and um they bought a fishing a fishing resort in uh pooter canyon colorado and we went out there to go visit them and that's what i brought i brought a little ultralight with me so i i never i don't trout fish very much so i had so i put that in my, my truck drove you know 10 hours out there and I caught limit with that first day. That was awesome. 
Yeah. Next day, I started struggling a little, a little more. And uh, her husband out there, he's a fly fisherman. And he's, he's like, trade me. Like, you know, and at first, I could bring the thing casted. But once I got it casted, uh, I started, you know, actually getting the getting the, the fly out there and figuring it out. Man, that was so much fun. That was one of the most I've ever had fish in my life. First of all, you're in the mountains. It's gorgeous. The You know, some of those gorgeous scenic, you know, in my life. Uh, but getting it out there and really working those trout in was... Uh, was was a really good time. So I went and I went I drove the hour back to Fort Collins, Colorado and I, I bought my own from a uh fishing shop out there and I I really enjoy it. So I think I'm gonna try more in Missouri, but honestly I'll probably do more. I'll drive out to Colorado for it when we've got friends out there we can stay in their little fishing resort, you know. Yeah. And do that. But oh it was it was a ball. I would go back there. I would live out there if I could, but you know, that's kind of far away from home in Missouri where I've I've never left Missouri in my life. <laughs> I, I know a lot of people say fishing's luck, and a lot of the times it, it is, but uh, on that trout fishing, especially fly fishing, that's an art and a skill that you can definitely fine-tune and get really good at it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I'm a novice completely, but uh, I watched those guys out there that were pretty good at it, and you're right. The way they can make that thing you know, kind of dance and get those trout to bite it, it's, it's definitely an art. You're right. And it's kind of the same with hunting. Uh, it's it, it's a lot like working a turkey. In. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. It's a lot. It feels like the fishing version of, of of calling a tom, if that makes sense. Well, I've never turkey hunted myself. I'm deer hunter. Uh, this is the hunting I do. I, I have a dream of hopefully one day a wild hog coming out uh, while I'm hunting and being able to to kill one of those. It hasn't happened to me yet. Most of the hogs I see are red and white on the back of bumper stickers and license uh, t-shirts. <laughs> I can't really shoot them legally. Yeah, not, not legally. <laughs> That's yeah. against the rules. <laughs> but uh, when I was in Louisiana, uh, you know, I, I had 30 acres there to myself. And taking the time in July, sweating and going out there with the chainsaw, cutting my lanes, coming in, uh, mowing them down, setting my feeder up, my camera up. And when that returned to harvest of a deer, uh, the reward in that is so much more fulfilling than going to a paid ranch somewhere where they do all the work and just set you on a herd of deer and you get to pick out which one of the 50 you want to shoot. Uh, right. That I completely agree. I I do a lot of that myself in the summer. I completely agree. That skill of envisioning which way it's going to walk in, where you're going to set your blind, taking that shot, and then it, it actually coming to fruition. Man, there's there's no feeling like that. Totally. Yeah, I was asked. Uh, I was asked by uh, somebody that I work with, one of the one of the companies that we work with out at uh, out at the airport. Um, which one I liked better, you know, between deer and I, I compared it to, um, you know, turkey hunting is like watching, you know, it's a, at least here in Missouri, it's only three weeks that of those days during those three weeks, you can hunt from, you know, legal shooting light up until, uh, one o'clock, 1 PM. Um, and so it's a very, it's a very fast paced season. Um, you feel like, you know, man, oh, you know, if we don't got, we're not on birds by nine, 10 o'clock, you know, you just about want to give up. 
Um, cause of course you're tired. And if you're grinding it out three days or, you know, three weeks straight for that season, you're exhausted. Um, so I compared, you know, turkey hunting to, it's like watching a, a long, but good fireworks show. You know, it's, there's a lot going on and holy smokes, you know, look at this over here and the birds are singing. And it's just great to see the world come alive during that spring season. Um, but then I compared, uh, I compared deer season to like either finishing a really long, good movie or really long TV series that, you know, you're grinding it out. You're doing it, you know, a little bit at a time. Um, but at the end of the season, you know, come January, at least here in Missouri, um, you're like, okay, I'm glad that's over with. I'm ready for a break, but secretly in the back of your head, you're like, man, I just wish, I wish that wouldn't, it. you know what I mean? Yeah, the, them tag oh, orders don't taste too good at the end of the year, do they? <laughs> no, I, I had a I had to grow one of those up this past season, so now it's terrible. <laughs> yes. uh, do we want to get into last week's game of Mizzou and Abilene Christian? Yes, sir. Let's talk Mizzou and Abilene. Okay, final score. Your Mizzou Tigers 34, Abilene Christian 17. Not really the points on the scoreboard that we were kind of hoping for. Uh, third down efficiency, we were 5 for 15 on offense, held them 3 to 14 on defense. We had 487 yards of offense, gave up 308 on defense. We passed for 297, gave up 199. We rushed for 190, gave up 109. Uh, the stat that really sticks out to me is penalties. Mizzou, 9 for 85. Abilene Christian, 1 for 5. Uh, when you're playing a competition that low, I feel like that penalty number should be swapped. Agreed. 100% agreed. Um, I don't I don't want to say that it's, you know, if you talk to people, uh, like those pessimists, those eternal, internal, however you want to say it, pessimists, um, within the fan base, um, you say, oh, well, you know, this team's not disciplined or, you know, this team just plays sloppy ball. And I don't think it's that. Um, you know, there was so much hype coming into the season that, you know, of course mentioned the wide receiver core and how deep the wide receiver core was going to be. And, you know, okay, we got some real good transfers on defense and things like that. But one position that was really overlooked was the offensive line. Um, and I think we're starting to see that question that, um, yeah, holy smokes, we're playing a bunch of uh, guys that don't have a whole lot of experience. I know people like Hyrick Wider, you know, battling and coming back from injury. Um, but I really think we're starting to see that coming to light of, you know, wow, these guys that don't have a whole lot of experience. It, and, yes, it's only game two. You know, I'll take it with a grain of salt. Um, game three. Game three. But, right. And so – or, yeah, game three. I'm sorry, game three. Um, I'm trying to delete the K-State game out of my mind. So, <laughs> forgive me for that one. With you. Um, but yeah, so game three of the season, um, you know, I, I think it, it might just be a, a struggle all season. I hope not. I hope we can get it figured out. Um, but yeah, hold, I think what I'd like to know the breakdown. Um, I know at least four or five were holding calls. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. But if, if you listen to drinks presser yesterday, uh, you know, he, he touched I believe it was Gabe asked him about it, and he said, you know, it's discipline. It's it's guys uh, being conscious of where they're putting their hand. You know, keep them on the inside, keep them tight. You get them on the outside, then, well, it, it's, it's going to be seen and more than likely going to be called. 
And right. so uh, I kind of kind of like drinks pressure yesterday. I felt like uh, a lot of what's frustrated me over the last year with him is uh, instead of admitting where problems are, he, you know, it's on me, it's on the coaching staff. But yesterday I felt like he, he kind of picked out some of those points and it may have been some of the press asking, you know, more direct questions than what they have before, but uh, drink owned up to where they can do better. Yeah. No, the press definitely put the fire to his feet a little more. And I, I think you can tell that in his press conference answers is that he's a little, he's a little more serious now, a little less snarky, you know? Um, and he's humbled. Kind of, I'd, I'd say, I'd say humbled. humbled. Humbled is a good way to put that. Um, I think that's probably a good thing. I I actually really like Drink when he is uh you know doing his thing when we're winning games. You know, um, we beat LSU season one and he was you know being out there cocky. I loved it. You know, when we're getting housed by K State, uh, not so much. You know, when we're uh, struggling in the SEC like we did in times last year, it's not so great. On to the Abilene Christian game. Um, something in those press conferences yesterday I thought was interesting was Jared Jernigan who uh, basically just admitted he's like, we completely overlooked this team. Uh, I think uh, – and, I and I mean, that's he's a defensive player. A defensive line, obviously. Um, Transfer from Oklahoma State. Yes, sir. No, he's a great player. I, I, I'm I a huge fan of him. I um, mean, I – you know, if you watch the LA Tech game, he's got a sack. He's you know, wrecking havoc in the O-line. Didn't do that. No one really did that this game. And I think that might be a good for the whole entire team because, um, again, the O-line – Tons of holding penalties. One was on a receiver. I can't remember who. Uh, it did. It did seem like they came out flat, and they came out overlooking to Auburn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the whole team. But, and, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say in today's world of college football, you, you can't just show up on the field and win the game. No, not anymore. Uh, no. You, you've got to put the energy. You got to put the work in, and that's some of what's frustrated me from this coaching uh, from drink. And I, I know it's what we see on Saturday. It just makes me question what, what goes on Sunday through Friday. Yeah. Uh, you know, where's, you know, we talked about that, that passion that drink had behind the mic to where he, he's kind of talking cocky. And he, he brought it up at SEC media days this year. His dad told him like, you might want to win a little bit more before you keep running that mouth and, you know, kind of how we'd say it down here. But uh, for a coach to kind of puff his chest out like he does sometimes in front of the microphone, I want to see that in his team when they line up on the field. Yeah. And I thought we brought that in the first game of the season. That was what I was most impressed with, with our win yes. versus Louisiana Tech. Because I remember I was sitting low uh, on our sideline, and it seemed like no matter what was happening, the, they were they were amped, they were excited, they were you know ready to fight. And I felt like I saw none of that versus K-State, and I didn't see much of any of it. I They, they, didn't look, like, they looked like they just wanted to get that game over with so they could go do whatever they had planned that night against uh, Abilene Christian. You know what I mean? Well, um, to, to put our Mizzou optimistic spin on this, uh, let's go back to 2007. It's like the third or fourth week of the year, and we're playing Illinois State, not 
Illinois. We opened the season with them. And Mizzou 38, Illinois State 17. And I don't know that Abilene Christian would be a step up or where they would be compared to Illinois State, but we know how that 2017 turned out for Mizzou history. Yeah. And what's funny is you brought that up there today in our, our pre-show texts. And I remember that game. I remember uh, I remember reading Kansas Star in like whatever seventh grade class I was in. And uh, they were like, man, if Mizzou can't take care, if Mizzou does that against them, they're not going to do anything to Big 12 this year. Like uh, there was a lot of overreactions on that game as well. So I thought I thought I really thought a key you brought that up because I, I remember there being overreactions to that game as well in 07. I feel like that is a year that sticks out most Mizzou fans as a pretty damn good year for Mizzou football. Arguably the best. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. Arguably the best. Uh, Cole, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about on last week's game? No, I mean, you know, not to not to kind of echo um, Jaden Jernigan's thing, but I mean, there wasn't you know, it, it was overlooked. I mean, that was obvious. Um, I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about. We kind of, you know, discussed the, the concerning penalties, the concerning offensive line play, um, whether some of those things are going to be tweaked, um, you know, midweek practices leading into, you know, going into sec play. Um, we'll find out, we'll find out this weekend. Um, and with that, I mean, Hey, we're, we're looking at Auburn. Well, yeah. on, on my on my notes, I had the offensive and defensive line. Uh, offensive line seemed to struggle. We, you know, we discussed that defensive line didn't seem like we're getting a lot of pressure for them. And uh, I, I noticed a quote today of, I believe it was Dave Matter said that uh, Blake Baker said, with Abilene Christian quarterback averaged having the ball out of his hands in two point one seconds. Uh, okay. And you know, if our if our offensive line is not playing to the level we need, why can we not call plays to where Brady Cook's getting the ball out of his hand in 2.1 seconds, not give them time to... That's a great point. And I don't know why we're not running more middle field quick slants to Luther and love it. Like, when we got Luther this season, the first thing I thought was, like, man, you can run, like, that that quick five yard slant to him all day. Cause he's, he's, he's fast and he gets open. And I mean, cook, cook shouldn't need more than a two seconds to get that ball out to him. You know, I just don't know why we're running more plays like that as opposed to the screen, the massive amount of screens we run. Wonders too is, you know, if obviously we're, <laughs> we're just fans, you know what I mean? We're, yeah. we're armchair quarterback in here. Um, but part of me wonders, okay, are we, Speaking as as an offensive unit, you know, I'm imagining I'm on the team, right? Um, uh, I'm wondering, okay, are they are they trying to scheme guys open? Are they trying to draw plays that are going to create separation? That with you know adequate uh, protection from line, is that is that kind of where we're going, or um, do they maybe look at? Oh, we've got some dudes in this wide receiver room, right? Um, some athletic dudes that can can create that separation. Um, do we rely on that and, you know, play a 50-50 ball um, and, and see if they can go up and get it? And I don't, I don't want to look – I'm not trying to go back to the K-State game, but we all know what kind of conditions those are playing in. I don't care what you're doing. 
I don't care if you're out trying to do yard work, if you're playing football, if you're out hunting or fishing, that is miserable weather, no matter what it is. The only weather that's good for is sitting on the couch and watching football. So, you know, I, I take a lot of what happened in that game with a grain of salt. Yes, they did not play great. Um, but with all that being said, you know, it makes me wonder if, you know, we're, we are going to see some of those tweaks coming into SEC play to where um, we rely on, you know, these guys' athleticism. You know, not just the wide receivers, but the defensive linemen. Turn them jokers loose, man. Turn them jokers loose and see what they can do. Yeah, I feel like our linebacker core is better suited this year to defend that second level where the defensive line can be more aggressive. Um, right. Not so much. I mean, yes, you got to have gap control, stay in your lane, be the spot you're supposed to be, or otherwise you give up those home run uh, runs like we saw versus Tennessee last year. Like they got through that first first wave, and yep. there was, you know, our not calling out names, but that Rice linebacker. Blaze Aldridge. He, he played he played with Zill, but a lot of times he would he would guess the wrong hole. He was uh, out of position a lot. Uh, yes. But no, I, he did. He played with heart. The kid went hard, and, you know, I respect him for that. And he got better as the year went on, but um, to think I, that I feel like Hopper's, we're better with yeah. Chad Bailey. And, yeah. And, and Hopper, Hopper back there. Yes. Uh, the, the only other thing I had to touch on for last week's game, uh, man, I feel like that was, and I, I really hope uh, that was a coming out for Lovett. He's second in SEC in receiving yards. Uh, the kid is just, I feel like his game from last year to this year has grown tremendously. Absolutely. I think he's taking a giant step forward. Um and I, I would, I would like to see, I would like to see the ball in his hands as much as possible versus SEC teams. Yes, and it, there's, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get. This won't last as a podcast, a Mizzou podcast, if we don't talk about the punt return. Dream yeah. changed <laughs> out Chris Abrams' dream for some true freshman. Nobody really knows his name or anything, and I guess he did all right. Oh man. Yeah. I was at the game, and the things I was yelling as he took that punt back, <laughs> I, I was like, I think I was yelling, "See what effing happens when you give Luther when you get Luther the ball drink." <laughs> I was well screaming. And what's funny is I was right to work and was listening to it on the radio, and I hear Mike Kelly say, "You know, uh, Luther Burden back to punt." And I almost like pre, you know how you can like, you know, type something into our, uh, I'm referring to our group chat on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I almost, you know, preloaded burden just in case, you know, in big capital letters, exclamation point in case he did. And I was like, oh my gosh, as I'm listening to it, I'm like, this joker is going to take his first collegiate punt return back to the house. <laughs> and sure enough, he did, man. Holy cow. He well, case on that, on that second punt return. Uh, surprise drink didn't turn around to you when Luther come up a little gimpy there and said, see what happens when he's back there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, I was, I was ready. I was ready for that, but uh, no, he was good. He came back. He's fine, but yeah. just, we got to get him the, he is a special player that Mizzou has not seen since the Pinkle era. And we have got to make sure the ball is in his hands. Yeah. And that so was the like, most good. Oh no! So that's what this point in part of the K State loss. I understand it's raining; it's terrible conditions. 
is like at least try, at least try and get the ball in Luther's hand. You know what I mean? That's yes, gotta be it. That that rain break at K State. I don't want to harp on that game too much, but uh, yeah, that rain break, and then you come out on third and thirteen quarterback draw, and I I felt that was waving the white flag in the second. I did quarter. too. I totally did too. I hundred percent. I was like, we're not even, we're we're done. We're not even gonna try this game anymore. Put a felt. Unless you'll have anything else you want to bring up about Abilene Christian, uh, I've got a few things I've looked up for this week in Mizzou history. So we're going to go to a little bit further in the past. I already brought up those seven years. You got four. Okay. September 24th, which I think this game this week uh, will fall on the 24th, 1988, we play Indiana, and it finishes tie ball game 28-28. And that just stuck out to me because I thought ties were like 50s, 60s area. No, this like is 1988. Tied for a long time, right? Yes. Like, I, I mean, but I think that they changed it before I really got into it, like in my, you know, middle school era. But yeah, for a long time, Coastal's ended in a tie. Imagine going there, spending the time and the money, and you leave it. You're not a winner, you're not a loser. I guess I guess if you go to the bars after the game and there's other fans in there, I mean maybe it's a more it's a it's a more friendly experience because you know no one actually lost, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. <laughs> do y'all do y'all remember that Kentucky game where we lost on the untimed down at the end of it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I was I was there for that. that I was, was too, oh. and I went. So I had gone with a buddy, and my buddy, uh, not a big zoo fan, but he his wife was uh, in uh, veterinary school there. So we went out afterwards, and I'm in a terrible mood. I'm like, I'm, I'm a wet rag. And we're in a bar, and it's full of Kentucky fans for whatever reason. And uh, I, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm yelling things. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to be in here. I'm not doing this. And everyone's like, Come on, you're, you suck. Um, flip the coin. If there were, if there's ties. That game isn't a tie. Maybe we're all having a good time. Maybe you know we're right. we're, being, we're having. No one's being as a you know wet rag like I was. So I mean, maybe there's something to the old the old tie system yeah, back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you didn't lose. You're not a loser. Mm-hmm. No one actually okay. lost. Then we go September 25th, 1973. Our Mizzou Tigers march into Columbus, Ohio, to take on the number two Ohio State Buckeye who are in the middle of a 20 – well, not middle, but they're at a 25-game home winning streak. Mizzou's starting quarterback for the year. He's got a bum shoulder, so he don't get to start. So who do we have for a backup? I had just some uh, guy named Pete Woods. He's the stud baseball pitcher, six foot four, 200-something pounds. I think we got a guy on the current team kind of like that. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, going into halftime, Ohio State's up twenty-one to seven. Uh, Mizzou come march comes marching back. Uh, we're down twenty-one fourteen late in the game. Third and goal from the two with twelve seconds left. Touchdown pass, Tigers. We line up, go for a two-point uh, conversion. We're going to win the game. Like we we march down, we're going to go out of here for wins. We're not leaving here with the tie is what our coach says. So we go for a two, pass falls incomplete. But wait, there's a flag holding on the defense. So we Mm. get another chance from the yard and a half. Quarterback sneak, he cuts it in inside the tackle, reaches the ball over the goal line, gets the two-point conversions. Tiger leave Columbus, winners 22-21. You you got to like the parallels with that in Sam Horn, right? 
Right. Um, Pete Woods ended up being a draft pick. He's in the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame as well. I did a little research on Pete Woods after uh, after you brought that up. Uh, no, you got to love that. You got to love the parallels to him and Sam Horn. That is uh, an awesome throwback. Not saying I want Brady Cook hurt in any shape, form, or fashion. Uh, Jack Abram, uh, God forbid, at his age, gets a broken bone. Uh, <laughs> I'd be like you breaking bones, Skeeter. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> What's, what's got funny is provide for. <laughs> Abram's not that much. He's a few years younger than me, and it's like I wake up and everything hurts, and I'm like 30, so I don't, <laughs> I can't imagine him taking hits out there. It sounds terrible. I guess yeah. NFL players do it. I guess that that's different. It's it, it as well, but I don't know. You, you say it like that. Me. You say it like that. You think he saw some of the hits Brady was taking in the K State game, and he's like. <laughs> I know how to get myself back on the bench. <laughs> a couple interceptions. <laughs> Here you go. Here's a free one. Exactly. This is my seventh year. I, I understand this game. Maybe yeah, it's exactly. harder than what we think. It's raining. Right. I don't want. I don't want to do this. Screw this old line. <laughs> this old line's got nothing. I'm just gonna toss it up to the purple jerseys. That's we're not. It. We're not saying he was playing the uh, the running clock card. He's like, you know, if I throw a couple of picks, I'll get some more points. We have a running clock. We'll get out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's he took hilarious. one for the team. Took one for the team. That's right. Yeah, well, the right. last game for Mizzou history, September 26, 1959, in front of 50,000 people at the Big House there in Michigan. Mizzou scores late and wins 15-14 to 14 against your against the Michigan Wolverines. Let's go. Do you and feel you like 1959, 50,000 people? I, I know they're – hundred like a hundred and two thousand now or something like that that can fit there but mm-hmm. for fifty thousand people in nineteen fifty nine to be at a college ball game. Pretty uh, good. Here we are. Drink last week had his biggest home attendance what they said and it was barely over fifty. Fifty three, I think. Fifty three thousand, yeah. something like that. Fifty three. So imagine and some how daunting that was for those Tigers in fifty nine to go in there and win that ball game. Right. Yeah. It, uh I feel like we scheduled a lot bigger name opponents back in the day for these well, non-con When you games. go back and look at the year-by-year results, we played a lot of Big Ten schools. Did we? A lot of Big Ten schools, yes. Uh, it just seemed to be a trend, I noticed. Uh, but here we're going to jump into the future. We're going from the past, 1959 to 2023. They're probably going to have flying cars in or something, I heard. <laughs> but we're going to look at the Mizzou Tigers schedule, it was released yesterday. Uh, you guys just want me to do a quick rundown, or do you have opening thoughts without hearing your rundown? Uh, first thought I do want to mention is, look how many home games we have to start the season. Yes. Three, potentially four. Yeah. Whoever that TBD is, that's kind of scary. Like I, I've never seen a school just go by. That. Like that hard, to, <laughs> hard to prepare for a team you don't know who it is. That just tells me that TBD, and I noticed that too, Case, when uh, when I was looking at the schedule yesterday, that I was like, man, there's no way that we're going to have four straight home games. I mean, that'd be eight home games on yeah. the year, am I right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's insane to only have to go play four road games. So I don't, I don't know. My gut tells me that's not going to be um, a home game. I hope it is. That yeah, would I do be too. that would be wonderful. Um, but you know. I just – I don't foresee that happening. I think it'll be either a neutral just, site game or um, 
you know, one of those, I think we may have to cash uh, on Desiree Reed Francois kind of getting us out of that middle Tennessee state game um, and, you know, have to go on the road. Well, just to clarify, that game was supposed to be at Memphis, correct? Yeah. Okay. Mm, and now uh, I, I did read an article. I don't know how validated the actual source is, but supposedly they're still trying to work out a neutral site with Memphis. Oh, really? Um, yes, it, it said something about possibly moving it to St. Louis. I don't know how Memphis would feel about that because that's still – I would feel like a, a you know pulse. they they might like that because they get recruiting you know in St. Louis at that point. I do, and Memphis and St. Louis in, uh, isn't super far away from each other. I was played in uh, at Cape Girardeau High School, <laughs> not <laughs> even down there, in Southeast Missouri. Not even Semo's uh, yeah. old ass stadium. You swim <laughs> oh, yeah, high I school down we, there. I guess we could play there. We could yeah. go play there. There we go. We we'll go play there. Uh... How many rolls are going to be thrown at Lambert's that week? That's so, right. Boy, we have to, go, have to go down to Sykes or something. I'll yeah. go to Sykes just for the rolls. I don't even care for playing the ball game. That's all right. Bring cash because they still don't take debit cards. It's, it's cash or check. I remember that last month there. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, just going week by week here. We open the season September 2nd with South Dakota, not South Dakota State Jackrabbits. It's South Dakota University. Uh, then the next week, we have Middle Tennessee at home. Uh, then next week, uh, the Big Bad Purple and Silver K-State Wildcats come to Columbia. Yeah, boy. Uh, yeah, boy. going to be circled on a lot of Mizzou fans' calendars, I feel let like. Me, let me go ahead and order a uh, Let me go ahead and order a thunderstorm for that game. <laughs> yeah. <Two of them. laughs> uh, then the next week is the – to be decided, so it, it's open right now. Uh, nobody really knows for sure which way that's going, I don't think. And then we finally open uh, SEC play, first row game tentatively, depending on the, the week before. But we open in Nashville uh, at Vandy. Okay. Fun city to open in. That's the uh, first week of October? That's the last day of uh, last, September. Last day of September, yes. Okay. September okay. 30th. Uh, my thoughts on the schedule up to that point, aside from K-State, but they're losing Deuce Vaughn this year, correct? Yes. He should go to Martinez NFL. Martinez is gone after this year, which I kind of wish he would stick around another year because he does not scare me. So we don't know the quality of that K-State squad that's going to be coming in. Uh so that's that's the toughest game, but it's in Columbia. Does uh the K State home and away feel kind of like the Purdue one from years back? Remember Purdue came into Mizzou and just boat raced us, and then oh, we man. went in and beat them in uh South Lafayette next year. I that this this positivity in me, but uh you know you're hoping for that. You're hoping for you know pisses everyone off, and the next season they come out and we play you know a hard fought game, we win. So that's kind of what reminds me of at least well we follow up vandy we're back home with the bayou Bengals coming to town uh, oh boy i think we all remember 2020 yeah, yeah we do probably drink's biggest win yep uh, as a mizzou tiger head coach and i know a lot of people are going to be looking forward to that but i, I got to tell y'all uh 
watching LSU week one versus watching them last week against Mississippi State, Brian Kelly is – I do see improvements uh, Yeah, in two weeks a game off of them. Yep, I'd agree with that. I mean, I think we've always known um, regular season coach. Um, yeah. Now, if we're looking college football playoffs, we're looking, you know, uh, New Year's Six bowl games, maybe not so much. But, yeah, I, I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. He's a good coach, and, you know, aside from what we've seen on social media with some of his recruiting videos, um, good recruiter. <laughs> A little cringy recruiter, but yeah. <laughs> you know, though, you that's it. You say it, not me. So that's a game you, you want drink to to really take over and win because uh, Louisiana is coming after St. Louis recruiting. Yes, like that are. is that is a ground they are. And we, we know, we all know the transfer defensive tackle that, you know, broke all our hearts and pissed everyone off. But, um, but they got the St. Louis coach that's defensive back coach there right yes exactly yeah well i think it's i think it's brian kelly too i mean brian kelly was doing it at notre dame and yeah you know, I, I think it's he, probably, his ties. he does and exactly. i get it i mean you get a major metropolitan area that's got you know a real density of talent and st louis has historically had very very good recruits come out of there so yeah i mean i don't win yeah. one bit but my my point in that is missouri's gonna have to be ready because I don't feel that's going to be a down LSU team like what we had in 2020. Yeah. But, uh, I made a deal with my uncle. I went to Baton Rouge in 17. Uh, watched us get our teeth kicked in. Uh, he's, of course, a big LSU fan. Uh, and I made a deal with him. I'll go to Baton Rouge if he comes to Columbia when LSU comes. And, of course, 2020, the game only got transferred the week of because of a hurricane hit in Baton Rouge. Right. So this is the first scheduled ahead of time LSU in Columbia. And so I called him when the schedule came out. And I said, hey, just letting you know, uh, put it in your books. You're, you're going to Columbia. Because I don't remember making that. I was like, you're coming. <laughs> you're coming up here. <laughs> well, I can almost guarantee you that uh, uh, we won't have a hurricane that will shift that game from Columbia down to Baton Rouge. So you imagine, he can almost you can tell him go ahead and book them tickets because uh, <laughs> that game will probably happen here. Now, now Missouri, uh, first week of, of October, it might seem like a hurricane if you know we're hitting ninety degrees on Friday and then Friday night cold front comes in and one of yeah. them window rattling thunderstorms comes along with it. Yeah, you're liable to have one of them. Yep. But we we follow up LSU. Uh, with a trip to Kentucky. Uh, we come back home for the Gamecocks. Then we have a bye week, kind of reset and get ready because we're, we're going to need to be healthy for these last four games. Uh, we go to Athens first week in November, then Tennessee, followed by Florida, come to Columbia, and then we finish the year up. Uh, they have it as... 24th or 25th. I don't know if that means because they're not sure if they're keeping a Black Friday or not. Yeah. But Mizzou comes to Fayetteville, comes to my backyard, and plays Arkansas. Well, good deal. So, Skeeter, you may go to you may go to two Mizzou games in person that year. Yeah, do you ever go to the Fayetteville games? Uh, I, I've been uh, Drew Locke, 
let's see, it was a back and forth game. It ended up being 50 something to maybe high 40s or low 50s for Arkansas. Uh, I think that was 18. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the only football game I've watched there. And then last year, uh, I, I guess it was this year, I went <laughs> and watched uh, us come to Bud Walton Arena. I guess Ooh. Arkansas had a basketball game. I don't know if Missouri had a basketball game that night. <laughs> no, we were, we were scheduled to watch that same Arkansas game that that Arkansas was playing. Um, but on the on the schedule note, I, I'm, again, I mentioned this in the uh, the Twitter group chat the other day. Maybe it was today. I don't know. My days are running together. Um, but I do love the Gators having to come to Columbia in late November because. Um, bit chilly it's gonna be a lot yep. chillier than Gainesville um and yeah we may get you know we may get a little flurry game you never know in Missouri I mean like you said it could be 90 could be you know 85 90 degrees in late November or it could be you know 25 and snowing so so uh, that's funny you say that I've got a kind of a story about that one um I got a buddy a really good friend of mine who lives up here now but he's from Miami Florida and he's got a cousin who's a Gatorson ticket holder uh, from Jacksonville. And 2019, we played him. And he wanted to come up here and watch the game because his cousin lived up here. And he bought my ticket. He's like, hey, you're a Mizzou fan. You show us around. And so I said, okay, cool. I pick him up in the morning. Uh, we live out there in KC. I drive him in. And it had snowed the, that week. And we're <laughs> driving into Columbia. And you know where everyone parks on the side of the road to go up to the stadium, you know? Right. We're passing that, and he goes, "What is that? Is that sand? Is that sand on the side of the street there?" And I don't know what, what, what the hell he's talking about. I go, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "He's like that right there." And I go, "That's snow. That's where the, that's where the trucks push snow off this week." And his mind was blown, absolutely blown. We're in the stadium watching the game. The south end zone had just been built that year, and there was still snow. You know, like you know, like how your seats are cold. There's like those awnings there. You know. There was snow on those. He's like, yeah. is there still snow? I'm like, yeah, it's still snow. Right. And then it's, it's one of those like cold, <laughs> sunny days. So me and my buddy, we go down, uh, get out of the sun for a little bit. And he's like, well, what are we doing? And we're like, he's, his cousin, my buddy, goes, we're getting out of the sun. And he goes, are you kidding me? He's like, I'm freezing my tail off out here. Do you guys want to get out of the sun? <laughs> so it is It is a lot of fun oh, when those, Flo- those Floridans come up here for a, a cold Missouri SEC game. <laughs> it's, yeah, a, it's a really good time. Yeah. What what time of the day would y'all want that game? Because that does fall, I believe, in y'all's rifle season. It'll be on the 18th of November. Uh, don't give me, man. Okay, you know what? Actually, matter of fact, since this is, uh, we are labeling this and are conducting this as an outdoor-related Mizzou podcast. Um, Missouri is a very, um, oh, how do I want to put this? People want to give me crap for it. That's fine. Uh, but there's a lot of outdoors men and women in Missouri. Missouri's rifle season is 10 days long. It starts the second, uh, the second Saturday in November and runs 10 days from then. This year, they did a great job. We're going to Tennessee. So we don't have to worry about, you know, people want to complain about attendance, and that's a whole different podcast. Um, but if I'm scheduling that game, it's going to be a night game. It'll be cold. That plays into our favor. Yep. It'll be uh, hopefully some people have already filled their first tag of the year. So boom, you're hanging in your shop or in your garage or at the lean to or 
heck, it may even be worked up and in the cooler, depending on what the weather's like. Um, so if it's me, it's a night game. Um, you know, people can tie one on and have a drink or two and, yeah, watch some, watch some football at the night game hosting the Gators. We just need to make sure those people from Gainesville watching it on TV are not confused. That will be blaze orange in the stands, not gator orange. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. That's That's what, you know what? This thing actually ends up taking off. That's what we need to do. We need to market some blaze orange uh, hats and vests with the Mizzou either oval, tiger, or block M. Just so people don't get confused. you're, You're just confirming it to me. There you yes. go. There I you may go. or may not looked up some Richardson ball caps their logo on there already. <laughs> so we'll see. Speaking there of that, go. though, in turkey season, I was in a high V in Chillicothe, and they had a Mossy Oak Obsession stocking cap with the Oval Tiger on it. And I bought that faster than I could do anything. I was like, this is the perfect stocking cap for hunting. It's got the Tiger on there, and it's in Mossy Oak. It was yep. so excited for that. Yep, my daughter has one. My daughter's got a camo Mizzou hat. Well, guys, uh, I think at this point of the show, uh, we're going to announce the special giveaway that we're doing. Uh, You've got to listen to the podcast in order to be entered to win. But November 19th, is that correct, Chase? When we was looking at days. Pulling the calendar up. Uh, Yes, sir, November 19th versus New Mexico State. Yes, New Mexico State comes to Columbia, and we will be giving away two tickets to that game. Uh, You must listen to the podcast and DM us this code word. What do we want our code word to be, fellas? Code word. Uh, Ooh, ooh, I got one. I got one. I got one. B-O-O-N-E-R. B-O-O-N-E-R, as in a booner. Booner Buck. That Booner would be my bucket. suggestion. Yes. I like it. Roll up that one. Okay, so Not you find us on Twitter <laughs> at Woodswater and Mizzou. I believe our handle is Mizzou Pod. Uh, at Mizzou Pod. And DM us Booner. B-O-O-N-E-R. And we will uh, post a tweet. And you must retweet and like the tweet. Be following along. Uh, to be entered in, we'll we'll do this for a couple weeks, and each week you can have an entry. So it may be three or four weeks that we do this. You can have three or four entries each each week. So just be sure to keep that in mind and follow along. Yeah, I'd agree. And uh, if I don't know, it, it kind of depends on how the uh, the feedback goes. I'm a I'm a season ticket holder. We got season tickets in the south end zone. Uh, depending on if there are available tickets, um, I may end up buying an extra and I may throw an extra ticket in there to be able to, to sit in the South end zone, um, and kind of get that vantage point. So we'll we'll see, we'll see how the, uh, we'll see how it ends up going. If, if we get some good response and some good feedback on the entries, um, I may throw that in there. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. And I'm excited for this Saturday, September 24th, 11 a.m. kickoff on ESPN. Our Missouri Tigers. The Kings travel. at the 11 o'clock kickoff. We are, but we're on ESPN, <laughs> not SEC Network hey. Plus. They did not put us on our Mizzou channel. And 
thankful for that. <laughs> it's not on the Mizzou network. That's right. But our, our right. Mizzou Tigers traveled to Auburn, Alabama to take on the Auburn Tigers. And really, I feel this game is going to be the tail of the seasons for both teams. Yeah. Uh, the winner has a really good shot at becoming bowl eligible and possibly bigger. Yep. The loser, uh, there's going to be a lot of turmoil in the fan base. Uh, as Drink would say, we might be losers gathered on Twitter and message boards after the game if our Tigers <laughs> lose. But I hope those are the Auburn fans that uh, are the losers that day and getting on their Twitter and boards. And There's a, there's a lot of talk already uh, listening to national podcasts uh, that if Auburn loses this game, Mizzou might take out another SEC coach. Thinking Harson's going to be canned, huh? That's that's what the rumors are. Well, this is the show me state, so you have to show me. No, no pressure, Brian Harson. <laughs> we'll see, man. I mean, not to say both teams' backs are against the wall because I think it's way too early to say that. Um, but I do think that this is a very um, borderline pivotal statement game for both programs. Um, I do think, you know, Auburn is what less than 10 years off of Natty, right? 2013, right? Um, somewhere in there, yeah, somewhere in there, yeah. Um, 2013, 2014, somewhere where we were also in that SEC championship game. Um, but anyhow, but no, they won their know. natty before that. They did not win the natty the year we played them. Right. The SEC yeah. Right. Okay. So we're 10 ish years. You know, forgive us for not having that exact date nailed down. But however, um, you know, Harson is a fairly new coach. Uh, I do think expectations at Auburn are much higher than Mizzou as far as, you know, boosters and all that, just because they are coming off of a fairly recent national uh, relevancy. I mean, they compare themselves to Alabama every single season. So, right. Which when, is when that's insane. your. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can sorry. tell you, like, that's. That's why my dislike for LSU was so high because those guys look so far over their shoulder at what Nick Saban's doing. You know, he was there, and I get the bitterness toward him. Right. But they've fired their last two coaches, and both coaches were fired with national championship ring. Yeah. Yeah. Trank wins a national championship with Mizzou. He can dick around for 20 years after that. <laughs> exactly. He's got keys to every once the program. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> you can you can rename Stadium Boulevard to Drink with Boulevard if he runs an out of here. I'll just tell you that right now. Exactly. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's crazy. You know, no yes, we're all in the same conference, but there's just there's such there's such different echelons to this conference. And you know this I mean? is Arson's second year, correct? He did not get hired in the same year with drink cycle no gus was still the coach there right in 2020 yes Yes. yeah that's what i'm thinking um i i mean again you're right auburn's a different ball is a different animal than mizzou but your coach is in their second year and they're already like hot seating them that's crazy i mean the off the 
the off season shenanigans that happened. Well, did yeah, you're not right. play. But the, it is is you know the cheerleading captain that's now the recruiting coordinator is actually <laughs> cheating on his wife with yeah. The uh, SEC uh, podcast. Uh, not trying to plug other podcasts, but I, it's a good listen. SEC Mike is on is the one that does that with cousin Shane. But uh, on today's episode, I listened to. He said, "You know, if we're into game four of the year, and they're talking about if he loses this, he's gone. They'd have been better off firing him before right. the season ever got going. When yeah, all that definitely. was was going, yeah, yeah. You so. know, they don't they don't have a an AD right now. So, uh, where who makes the call to fire him? Obviously, the boosters would say, "Here's the money." They go to the school president. I would assume. Say, get this guy yeah. off campus. Isn't that I wild? Did. I mean, it is so wild. Isn't that wild to be like, you know what? I'm so rich and I have such an influence on this university that I'm going to cut a check and say, that guy didn't have a job anymore. Like, just, I know. It's insane to think about. Yeah. I know Yellowwood is like pretty popular lumber, but does that, does that guy have that much money where he can just do this whenever he wants? Because, <laughs> like, good I guess, lord. Man. Well, we have an or, alum of Mizzou that kind of has that bank role that could do that if he uh, wanted his name out there like that. But uh, I don't mm, think he wants yeah. his name around Missouri too much. He's He's got a certain nickname for a certain reason. We'll put it yeah. that way. Hey, now. <laughs> hey, Stan, if you want to help out the Tigers, there is no ill will in the west side not, of the state. Do whatever I, you I'm want, buddy. Suggesting, we're not <laughs> suggesting Stan – Sends money and says, "Get drink out of the program." We're no, I'm, We're I'm suggesting that Stan, you know, maybe pump some more money in so we can get some more NIL deals or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> now, I, I'll put this on the record, and if it ends up, you know, um, leaving egg on my face or whatever, but I am pro drink. We are not in the state of a program to be able to fire coaches. And you're, I don't care what people say, knock. Just well, especially cow. after we just had that big payout. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 I mentioned that the other day in the in the group chat. I'm like, look, we just paid six. You know, people are like, oh, okay. Your bushels are just, you know, write another check. It's That's not the point. That's not the point. You know what I mean? It's my suggestion to Stan Kroenke if he wants to do something for Mizzou football, go hire him another coach for his Rams. And send a Sean McVay for yeah, an OC. There you go. Demote Sean McVay. <laughs> for OC from Zoo. And I think that will help us. There you go. That's there the move go. right there. Him and him and Drake can be co head coaches. How about that? That's it. Well, guys, looking looking into the numbers for this Saturday, uh, offensively points per game, Mizzou averages thirty two point seven, Auburn twenty six. Uh, Mizzou averages 422 yards a game, Auburn 430. So they, they beat us by eight yards, but we've got them beat by 6.7 points per game. Uh, passing 220-225, so we're pretty close there. Rushing 202-204 per game. So offensively, we look numbers-wise pretty, pretty close. Uh, defensively, we're giving up 27 points a game. They're giving up 24. Uh, kind of the same thing with offense. We give up more points, but we give up less yards. We are, we're averaging up uh, 330 yards per game. They're averaging 359. 
212 of that is passing on us. 234 is passing on them. So, so it sounds like our defense is a, is a bend but don't break thus far, at least thus far in the but season. Theirs, theirs seems to be a little bit stronger on that because they're giving up more yards but average three less points per game uh, okay. on defense. Uh, rushing were 118 per game. They're giving up 124. The, the three games that they've played, uh, Mercer, they won 42 to 16. Uh, I would beg to say that Louisiana Tech's probably a tougher opening than Mercer. I can't say I know a whole lot about the Mercer Bears. I think they're the Bears. Uh, and then they followed that with the home, and all these are home games for them. Uh, San Jose State, 24 to 16. And I know that had a lot of Auburn people uh, kind of grumbling. Like, For good reason. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. pretty well, Probably game. very similar to us with Evelyn Christian. We're like, okay, it should not be this type of a game. Yeah. At, at least ours was a three score game at the end of it when it was all said and done. We beat them by 17. They only won by eight. Like, right. It was a one score game with San Jose State, which is, yeah, not. Optimal. And then they follow that up with the CBS game of the week at home uh, against Penn State, 42-12. to 12. And as far as I know, it was a packed Jordan-Hare Stadium. Uh, they said the fan base was there loud and proud. It was not raining. It was not monsooning. <laughs> there was no weather delays, and they lost 42-12. to 12. Yeah. Well, that'll be, um, I don't know, we'll see 11 o'clock on Saturday. We'll see. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't look at the numbers and their schedule and say, "Yeah, they're way better than us." Look, look how they played this team, or we're way better than them. Like, I, I really feel this is close to a toss-up numbers-wise, uh, without getting into recruiting and who has more five stars and four stars. I'm sure they probably have a little bit better roster on paper than what we do. The game's not played on paper. It's, it's played with pads and a helmet and cleats and a ball on the field. Definitely. And uh, I was reading through some of those um, Twitter accounts that kind of do like the in-depth in the numbers, and uh, they were given like a 75% chance of victory for Auburn, which maybe, maybe that's what's going to happen. Um, but that that set that's and I'm a homer. I mean, it seems high to me. It seems high to me on to be that percentage of a uh, of a win for Auburn. I wish I had that account's name, but I don't. I didn't save it. But doesn't how that seem much like of a, that you think is geared toward Mizzou's record under Drink on the road? Like, what is Drink's best? That's a great point. Road win. Uh, South Carolina in 2020. Yeah, it's the best. And you know what? That's, that's not a full stadium even. You know, yeah. So until our tire tigers travel, get off the bus, and show up on a Saturday, I don't think we're gonna get a whole lot of pregame hype leading up to weeks that we're on the road. Yeah. And it, we get Georgia next week, right? Yes, October first we get Georgia under the lights. Yeah, a six thirty kickoff. We go into Auburn and win that game. There might be some Kool Aid for our players to drink, to where they come out against Georgia, and I'm not saying we beat them. But, make but at least until halftime. 
be respectable. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. Y'all remember in 2020 when we beat Arkansas on that that uh that Mevis field goal and we played we played Georgia really tight in the first quarter or first half, excuse me. Yeah. And then it wheels fell off after that. But I, I remember remember reading Twitter and there was a Georgia fans a little upset, a little upset and sweating that we were making it a ball game. Hey, last year we had the national champs down three nothing uh, on the ropes first quarter. Like we, I, I don't know if they're on the ropes, close, but, uh... we are that close <laughs> to a national championship in Columbia, Missouri. Damn right there on the ropes. Hell we yeah, had their backs against the wall. <laughs> I think it got a little out of hand after that. But <laughs> as I said in 2020, stop the count. Stop the count. <laughs> but uh, going back at the three matchups, Auburn leads two to one. 1973's Mizzou's lone victory in the Sun Bowl. They we won 34 to 17. Uh, next time we played them was the 2013 SEC Championship. We lost 59 to 42. And I even get frustrated hearing Mizzou fans talk about the SEC Championship games, saying we got blown out. We did not. Get blown I out. recall both games going into the fourth quarter, one score games, if my memory serves me correct. The I believe it was a. A touchdown, seven points down to Auburn in 13, and it was an eight-point game with Alabama in 14. If my memory I, – I haven't went back and looked at this. I might be talking out of my back end on this one, but I recall both of them being one-score games going into the fourth quarter. Well, and that and the, the Auburn one, it felt like it felt like a ball game. I'll, I'll be honest, in the Alabama one, it, it did not feel like we were going to win that game. It we were it was close going to the fourth, but we were getting dominated. But the Auburn one, I'll be hundred percent honest, I thought we were going to win that game going into the fourth quarter. Down, we we had just made some big plays and we had a lot of momentum, but uh, a loss we did not. Yeah, and then uh, for Mizzou, uh, big news this week. Iron White, uh, starting to tackle from last year, back at practice, hasn't played in the game this year. That would be huge. I don't – if this is his first week back at practice, I uh, hope they don't rush him out Saturday and uh, re-aggravate any injuries. Like, let him get some in- conditioning under him, get his feet back under him. Uh, maybe Georgia. Yeah, I think, we, I think we see it. No, I think we see him after the bye week. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I said we see uh, Auburn at Florida. Auburn's down there starting quarterback, TJ Finley out according to reports. Uh their their coach said Monday he was good to go. Then yesterday reports come out that he's out. And I even yeah. saw a report that he was walking around campus with his arm in a sling. <laughs> uh, wow. The other quarterback they've played this year is Robbie Ashford, so he's more than likely to get the start. But they have that transfer from Texas A and M that <laughs> Haven't played this year. Uh, I don't recall his name off the top of my head. I think it's Zach Calzada, maybe. I don't that know. That would be that would be it. That's probably why I don't have it off the top of my head because I I would probably mess it up trying to pronounce it. <laughs> so oh, I'm probably it. But last week, Penn State pressured Auburn uh, 61.8% on their dropbacks. So this is a game. We haven't seen a lot out of defensive front up to this point, just talking about the big boys with their hands in the dirt. Yeah. Uh, yep. This is a game we have potential to to get some mojo going. 
if mm-hmm. if we are gonna you know potentially win this game it's got to be a game where guys like jeff coat and mcguire kind of make their names known on espn you know what i mean like they've got to be in the backfield wrecking havoc constantly well you, you know like okay after k-state i thought oh my gosh are we gonna win four games this year are we gonna beat vandy like that's how yeah. low i was mentally but then last week uh Youngstown State was pushing Kentucky's offensive line around. Kentucky's not running the ball worth a jack. Now, I know Chris Rodriguez has been out, but if it's that big of a drop-off, you know, like, yeah, it, it should not be that big of a drop-off from SEC starting running back to the second string, uh, which they have Will Levis at quarterback who makes up for no running game. Uh, South Carolina, you know, they got a lot of preseason hype. Uh I get they were in Fayetteville, and then they were at home against Georgia. So how much can we gauge off of that? But they're not looking threatening. And I think they opened up against Georgia State and didn't start out real good. If it wasn't for a couple special team scores, I think yep. that was a one-possession game. They sure didn't play a great game versus Georgia State at all. Huh? Uh, Florida, aside from their Utah win, uh, boy, how, how fast week one energy has left the swamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vandy is still – their offense is kind of a little bit more exciting to watch than what Mizzou Tigers have been. I will give them that, but their defense is atrocious. Uh, so I look at the East as Georgia's the top dog, obviously, and then Tennessee until somebody can step up to them. But after that, my optimism is built back up. Like, hey, if we go in to Auburn and win this game – can this springboard us to have a chance to get back in that third place conversation in the East? I think there's definitely a chance. If I mean, we got take we take care of business and win. I I agree. Um, because you mentioned the road game losses earlier. I think when in a road game, Martez Manuel mentioned it in his presser that they have like a terrible road record, especially in the SEC. I think that would give a lot of energy to the team, and it, it may propel us so we can start hanging with those teams, but. We got to win this game first for that even to be a, you know, to even matter. I'd like to know our out of town schedule versus our home schedule because even when we're home, like they still stay at team hotel the night before, right? Yeah. Okay, so uh, are we are we showing up late to the hotel Friday night? Do we do we need to send them down on Thursday? Uh, <laughs> let them do classes in the hotel room Friday just. A little bit more comfortable, a little bit more rested. It might anything at this point might be a good idea. <laughs> and this is this is a great opportunity for Drink and the team to show, hey, 2020 is not this team, 2021 is not this team. You know, K State, yes, was embarrassing, but the K State game has zero input to this game. It's yeah. a clean slip. Saturday when they kick off that whistle at 11, you know, when, when they blow the whistle and kick the ball off at 11 o'clock Saturday morning, it's zero zero. Yep. It's a yep. great chance for us to go out there and, and shut some people up. I mean, myself included, I, I, <laughs> after K-State, I needed to shut up. And so it's a great chance for them to shut me up. With that, I'm going to give my prediction. I'll let you all follow. I have it a tight one. Uh, I feel like Auburn's going to have the ball late. 
and we all have it in our head like, oh, here we go, we're going to lose, but our defense is going to step up. They're going to step up and stop them. Mizzou wins the game 27-21. I, uh, I'm a little less optimistic, and uh, maybe it's just, you know, the uh, don't want to jinx anything, I mean, but I think we play them tight, but I think uh, they get away from us and I think we end up losing 24-17. <laughs> Hopefully, I pray to God I'm wrong. Yeah, man, I I think it's going to come down to, you know, it could be, you know, who has the ball last kind of deal. Um, but if we can get one of those big, um, one of those big plays out of Luther Burden, you know, punt return for a touchdown, I don't know, they're going to be looking at the tape and be like, yeah, we're absolutely not kicking to that guy. Um but I think it's going to come down to who can win the uh, win the turnover battle. It sounds like we got two quarterbacks getting ready to take the field that may not be the most experienced, uh, even though Brady Cook's in, what, his fourth or fifth start at this point. Um, I'll go – I didn't even think of anything before this, so I'm going to totally go off the top of my head. I'm going to go uh, – I'll go – 28-24, Tigers win. All right. All right. Now, like my biggest fear is there's one second left. We call timeout. Send Mevis out for a 70-yard field goal. And Chris Davis shows up in the end zone. 70-yard field goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know 65 and in, he's making it. <laughs> they leave. So what you're saying is they're going to leave Mavis in Columbia and say, "Okay, Mavis, if you can take this football from Columbia, Missouri down to Auburn, Alabama, and if it makes it. it there, y'all win." How about that? Yo, exactly. <laughs> I just don't want to see Chris Davis standing in the end zone under the goalpost waiting to catch a short uh, kick uh, six. Yeah. You yes. know what, Skeeter? And the editing cut this out. <laughs> cut out. Cut out my earlier prediction. You can add my prediction as uh, I'll go thirty-one twenty. Mizzou. All right. Because I do think field goals are going to play a key. Um, I do think yeah. we will lean on Mavis. So 31 28, uh, Mizzou. And if you notice in the first one, I said Tigers, we're both Tigers. So either yeah. way, I would have been right. <laughs> I, I guarantee <laughs> yeah. the Tigers win. <laughs> yeah, they got Tigers win. Guarantee Tigers win this weekend. For put sure. your money on that. If That's Vegas right. has a line open and you just put your money on the Tigers, put your yes. money on the Tigers. You they will, will win. You will win. Uh, that's why I had 27-21. I feel like our red zone offense still leaves. When we get across a 50, the offense leaves a little bit too bit to be desired for me. Yeah, uh, Some of that's play calling, which we try to do those outside zones and, and stretch the field sideline to sideline instead of just put your foot in the ground and run. Uh, yeah. So I feel like we score three touchdowns, two field goals. Auburn's going to have the ball late. We're up by six. And in every Mizzou fan's mind frame there, uh, I feel like we're all going to be like, here we, go, here we go again, last second loss. But our defense is going to step up. How great would it be to see uh, Rake Straw get his second interception in his career? To oh, a civil win. Right? Yeah. Yep. Would be nice. Well, guys, that's that's all I've got. Does anybody else have anything to add? 
No, I just want to, we're, we're giving this a go. Um, we are all three <laughs> novices. I wish everybody could have been witness to us trying to figure this thing out. Um, <laughs> get, the initial, uh, get the initial recording going. So for those that have stuck with us for whatever we're at here now, a little over an hour, um, thank you. Uh, give us feedback on the uh, on the Twitter. Skeeter will put the uh, the link to the Twitter page in the uh, description. Um, but yeah, just want to thank everybody for listening. Hopefully, it's a little different, uh, little different perspective on uh, on Mizzou. So appreciate. It. Sure. As far as I know, we'll reach us out on Spotify and iTunes, and I think maybe one more. I'll, I'll have to go back and look at that to see what all platforms it puts us on, but. Uh, that's two pretty popular ones there, so you, you yeah. should have be able to find us pretty easy. Good deal. Yep. Any really? feedback we can get, we'll take. Um, but yeah, we want we want to do something new. We want to try something. It seems like there's not a lot of uh, you know guys like us doing Mizzou podcasts. So let's try and find a new well, niche here. And, yeah, absolutely. And another thing I want to throw in there too, you know, especially with us three being outdoorsmen, and I know we're not the only outdoorsmen. There are also um, Mizzou fans. Um, you know, I think we all like to show off our uh, our trophies, our harvests, and things that you know we're proud of that we partake in the outdoors. So, um, if you guys find us on uh, on Twitter, um, we may even who knows fire up an Instagram page or something like that and get something rolling like that. So, if you got something that you want to to show off to social media, um, send it in and we'll throw it up there. That's yep. it. That's it. Well, Case Cole, I appreciate you guys. Uh, and I look forward to where this goes. Uh, I feel like it, it has potential. Uh, we're not trying to compete with any podcast. We're not knocking any other Missouri-based podcast out there. We, no, as far all. as I know, we all listen to a variety of all the other Mizzou podcasts. And that, that was the whole goal of starting this is just to get more Mizzou content, more of our passion mm-hmm. out there to the fan bases. And I hope it helps the university in the long term, bring in recruits, get national recognition. And that, that's my goal in this. I agree. Yep. I totally agree. Well, for Case, for Cole, this is Skeeter signing off. Hope you all have a good week. And as always, go Tigers. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers.